Welcome to the Pod Show, episode... Number 19. Number 19. Number 19. And this is picanha, or uh, Brazilian food. Brazilian food. And I know how to say 19 in Brazilian. How do you say I'm it? I'm just kidding. The language there is no Portuguese. Uh, maybe there is a Brazilian language. Um, but I don't know how to say 19 it's in Portuguese. it's very niche. Yeah, I don't know how to say 19 in Portuguese. Yeah, I forgot that that was... Probably something like, 19! It's different than Spanish. Very different. Yeah, well, I guess maybe not very different. Like not as different as Chinese is from Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, not that much of a difference. Portugal. I've never been to Portugal. Have you been to Portugal? Nope. Have you been to Brazil? Nope. Well, I was in Brazil earlier this weekend... I wasn't really there, but my mouth and stomach were. Uh, I ate some Brazilian food that we cooked. That we cooked, and we're not like so unfamiliar with Brazilian food, um, but we're not that familiar either. Well, we've been to the Rodizio Grill. Yeah, our only experience with Brazilian food is through Brazilian barbecue. Right? Brazilian barbecue, which is the places that you go, like Fogo de Chao, where yeah, you have a card at your table, and you can either. Keep it up as green means that you want more food or green red. means go. So you're adding up. When the card is green, that's a signal that you want to keep eating. And people, the waiters come with big skewers of meat. Giant and skewers of meat. Slice you off a slice. They also, one of the things I think is very funny about it too, is that they ask you like, yo, how do you want it done? But they brought out like one thing of meat and they're literally like looking at the piece of meat and deciding which part of that is rare and which part they think is like done like medium rare. But do you think there's actually much difference or if they're all kind of done the same? No, I think there is. I think that they intentionally like cook like certain sides more so that... You know what I noticed once at at, uh, Picanha in Philly? What? After like requesting whatever next kind of thing I noticed that when they take the piece of meat that they just cut and sliced when they take it and put it back on the roasting spit Mm -hmm. they'll take salt and put it right over the parts where they cut Uh and then roast it a little more it's not really roasting I guess at that time but just getting more heat yeah I thought that was a really really good touch yeah yeah it's really delicious and uh, they have like all types of meat, you know, you know your standard, uh, what are like po- like very uh, bacon wrapped chickens. Bacon wrapped chicken is, is a common one that we've seen. Garlic, seen. uh, like garlic steak, usually like a fillet. Yeah, they have like fillet. Skewer and garlic. I don't think they have like a ribeye though. Maybe not. Yeah, because there's no like. I mean, it's such like a small part of. But it. they do have picanha. They have picanha, and that's how we discovered picanha was through going to a um, place called picanha that yeah. served picanha. I think actually the first time we had picanha might have been at Fogo de Chao. That could be correct. Um, but basically, it's top sirloin cap. Um, it's pretty lean, I would say, but the top it's of it fat is cap. fat cap. Yeah, and that's very delicious. Very delicious. Um, you know one thing that they have that we've never eaten? What? At uh, Korean barbecue. Or Korean. I mean Brazilian. Um, <laughs> well, they have skewers of chicken liver barbecued. That's really? actually a very popular Brazilian dish. And did you know that 
they raise and eat six billion chickens per year in Brazil, mm. but many years they have to order and import more chicken livers because they like chicken livers that much. Wow. It's like the most popular, one of the most popular like choice of meat there. Yeah, very, very popular dish. Chicken livers on a skewer, I don't know how they prepare them outside of those two things. Um, you know, they speak Portuguese there, we know that and established that. How many languages do you think are spoken in Brazil? hundred? That's correct. What? It's estimated there are a little more than a hundred languages spoken in Brazil. Wow. I mean, I'm not surprised. It's like... It's a very large country. Do you know how large it is? Um... In terms of people? Well, like, in terms of, like, area, like, size. Mm -hmm. I don't have any so, concept for... So if you think about all of South America being 100%, Mm -hmm. Brazil is so big that it's 47% of South America. Wow. And it touches every country in South America except two of them. I forget the two. It was Chile and somewhere else. Uh-huh. Maybe Ecuador. Yeah. Um, but also, a weird thing that I kind of should have known, but it's just, like, shocking to me, like, the sheer, like, statistic here. 120 million Catholics live there. It's the most... Like, it's the biggest number of Catholics living in any country. Really? Compared to, even compared to Europe? Well, it's 120 million Catholics in one country. Like, the U.S. has 350 million people. Yeah. So that'd be if a third of everyone in the U.S. was Catholic. Wow. Wow. That's... So you know that picture you always see with that Christ the Redeemer statue? Mm -hmm. I guess that's, what, in Rio de Janeiro or whatever? Yeah. That made me think of that. Statue even I wonder more, like, why such a uh, such a Catholic country. I wonder why that they they've remained so Catholic. Well, I bet those Portuguese conquistadors. Maybe maybe there's some other people that came from Europe. How many million did you say? Hundred twenty million. How many Catholics are there in the United States? I have no idea, but I would guess maybe like twenty to yeah twenty. I don't know twenty to fifty. Wow. But at the same time, like then you have to get into like who's Catholic, the ones that go to church every weekend, or yeah, people that say they are. Yeah, a lot of phony Catholics out there. Whoa, what do you mean? Catholics are the best. Um, I'm just saying, like, I feel like a lot of people say that they're Catholic, but that doesn't. What really do you mean think? Anything. What do you think the most popular name for a lady is in Brazil? Um. Christine. A nice guess. It's not Christine. It's Maria. Oh, I should have guessed that. And take a take it a guess. It needs to be something like Catholicy. Yeah. So take a guess on a male name that's most popular. Michael. No. Um, Miguel. <laughs> no. Jose. Oh, okay, duh. And one last one. This one blew my mind the most of any of them. Might not be that cool, but the most eastern part of Brazil, hmm. like the furthest east you could go on Brazil, is closer to Africa than it is to the western, most western point in Brazil. Wow. Isn't that strange? 
Yeah, that is strange. And they used to, like, remember, like, those, that time in school when they're like, hey, by the way, the globe used to be different, like, continents yeah. used to, like, touch and stuff. Like, that's, like, the part that, like, hooked in to Africa. Wow. And that's how we got over here. Yeah, the world, the world broke apart. We were like, woo, let's go surfing. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's crazy. It was closer to Africa on the east side rather than the west side. Yes. Like the easternmost yeah. point of Brazil is closer to Africa than if you traveled all the way west in Brazil. Yeah. It'd be more distance to the west of Brazil than yeah, it is I guess I wanna to have, Africa. I guess I'm not that surprised by that now that I think about it. Uh, I was really surprised. Really? Yeah, I feel like if we were to go to Africa, we would go east, right? Right. So, it makes sense that it would be the eastern side. I don't know. It's just my thought. Wow. <laughs> Why did it surprise you? I guess you just said, like... That just means Brazil's really big. Yeah, yeah. That you can cross the Atlantic Ocean and be closer to... Yeah, you know, like, you're, like, the Atlantic Ocean wide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a pretty big country. It's a very big country. Bigger than I thought mm. yeah 120 million catholics yes more than six billion chicken livers six billion chicken livers um i wonder how many picanhas they eat in a year i don't know this is like another one of those probably not enough they should probably have more this kind of makes me think of like the last episode we did where you know we made these chinese dishes but to like how authentically china chinese are they i'm not sure like just like picanha, is that really like an authentic Brazilian cuisine or is it like a Brazilian-American thing? Well, it's definitely Brazilian. <laughs> I mean, it's such an easy thing. It's just a certain kind of meat cooked over We fire. wouldn't lie to anyone and tell them it was Brazilian without all of our fact checkers weighing in on it. <laughs> it's obviously Brazilian, but I wonder like, was it more, was it like tinker, like the picanha as we know it is, was it just tinker to like please us? You know, American Brazilian food. It's probably all America. <sighs> or was it really like authentically Brazilian? I don't know. We'll have to go to Brazil either. one day and figure it out. Interesting topic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what else do we cook besides picanha so, uh, to round out our Brazilian meal? We cooked picanha was our was the main course. Then we also had Camparo no liete de coco. Which is Brazilian for, I mean, for Portuguese, I guess. shrimp cooked in coconut milk. Coconut milk, interesting. Yes. Um, the recipe that we picked was from AmigoFoods.com. And the <laughs> recipe itself was a little bit deceiving because the coconut shrimp picture that they took for the recipe has like a orangey colored mm -hmm. broth and almost like they use like turmeric secretly yeah some, some kind of spice or root and when we made it it was obviously the sauce was just obviously white because of the coconut milk yeah like, we should we have added turmeric what's with us we could have a very colorful dish i know um we also made a rose a fajo Fajo. I'm not sure how you say that, but it's just rice and beans. Rice and beans. But these weren't just any rice and beans. They, they were very good rice and beans. You're not normally a rice and beans kind of person. But no, this I'm more meat and potatoes you. kind of guy. But these were very good beans made from the heart. And like I think mixed in with the fat 
pork fat from the bacon. It was really good. Yeah, there was pork fat. Yeah. <laughs> um, should we start with the side dishes first? Yeah. And work our way towards the picanha? Yeah, that's, that's like the, you know, that's later in the movie. Well, it's yep. about to finish. It's not the beginning of it. So with the beans, we decided to go like the full, you know, we did the full deal. Like we got, got dry beans. Correct. Like we didn't get the canned beans. Yeah, we were really up in our bean game. So, you know, most beans that you get at the store in cans, like they all have, they're already pre-cooked, but. Yeah, and they like store in, what is that, like crude oil that it comes in? <laughs> I have no idea. But it's in like a juice, and you're like, oh, all right. Like, yeah, fine. yeah. Fine. I'll take it. Yeah, you know, it's just like something, you know, you wash it out after. And yeah, we use some uh, dry Goya beans. Yep, and uh, I've never, or I don't remember or recall ever cooking beans from the dry version all the way to the mm -hmm. cooked version. Um, remember to soak your beans. Yes, so before, so this is what you do. First thing you do is you soak it. So the typical way people do it is they take their dry beans and soak it in water for a day. I think in um, cold water. Yes. Um, but because we didn't have enough time. And the bag didn't tell us to. Like yeah. We, we followed what the bag said. We did the faster way. Yeah. On the, on, the, on the bag, the bean bag, it gave a faster way. And the way to do it was to like heat up the beans. So basically you take the beans... Mix in like 16 ounces of beans, mix it with like two, three cups of, I think it's two, three cups. Yes. What? <laughs> no, nothing. Uh, like five cups, actually. Five cups of warm water in a stove on a, uh, in a pan. In a pan, uh, pot. a stove top. Heat it up once it brings to a boil, boil it for two minutes, take it off the heat, let it sit for an hour, and then you're done soaking. So it takes an hour to do the fast way of soaking. Yeah, it was a little bit of time we had to set aside early on. Yeah, and it said on the label to, like, uh, you know, take your time to sort through the beans and pick out the rocks, um, because even with all the best sorting practices, there's still sometimes some, like, rocks in the beans but we didn't see any rocks we no also didn't rock. pick it we didn't pick through so someone probably ate a rock <laughs> it so could have been me i might have a pebble in, inside someone might have had a rock who knows but apparently that was more of an issue back in the day because we've talked to some older people about this that there was much it was very common that you'd find like rocks in your uh well especially beans. lentils i i hear really yeah maybe it's because they're like smaller things yeah harder to sort through but um I think that there are two possibilities. Either I am a degenerate when it comes to rice and beans, or Brazil is like a rice and beans innovator. Yeah. And I'm not sure which is true. What do you you mean know why I think they're innovators? Because they told us when we made rice and beans that we're using sauteed onions, we're using garlic, and we're using bacon. They even, I think, said sausage. We left it out. But man, like that's... That's some real rice and beans right there, you know? Yeah, I think incorporating the beans so with some flavorful. kind of like fat, like pig fat, bacon, pork, it helps. Uh, it just, it pairs with it really well, especially and with the black beans. Now, what did you think too about like the garlic and some of the onion? Wait, so we have to go through the rest of the steps first. Okay, we're back so to beans. So after we soak the beans, we then cook them. And the way that we did it was we combined, um, I think it was like, 
well, we end up cutting the recipe in half. So we, we soaked 16 ounces of beans. We ended up cooking like only eight because we couldn't fit them in the Instant Pot. And then mix that with um, about a couple cups of water. I don't remember the exact amount. Um, and then we cooked it on in the Instant Pot over oh, high man, pressure. No. Oh, high pressure, yes. yeah. high pressure for 30 minutes. And um, yeah, after, uh, so with the Instant Pot, it works is like, if you're using the pressure feature, uh, the first like 10 minutes, it's just pressurizing. It's not even like cooking yet. And then after it's pressurized, then the timer starts. And when you turn it off, when you turn it off, you have to like release the valve and the steam comes out before you could open it up. Otherwise it would explode. Yeah. So the beans took a while from start to finish. Yeah. It was a while. Set. Yeah. Good thing we, we started earlier than we, you know, were yeah, originally it for planned. Yeah. time pretty well. Yeah. Um, but I did notice like when, when I did cook the beans in the instant pot, when I opened up the top after I've cooked it for 30 minutes, there was still water in there. And I thought like, it didn't say anything in the recipe about draining the water. So I think we might've like over, might've had too much water. I think they get served kind of watery. Really? Or a picture I saw looked that way. Okay. I know ours weren't. Yeah. I ended up like draining out the water and mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah, after the beans were cooked, drain out the water. And nice, soft, fluffy beans. Yes. And then we cooked the bacon. We took like three slices of bacon, chopped it up, sauteed it in a pan over high heat till mm. it got crispy. Then we added some onions, right? Yes. Chopped onions, chopped garlic. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that was it, right? That was it. And then we just incorporated that into the our black bean mixture, and that was it. Um, yeah, the recipe that we were reading called for like incorporating some sausage as well, but... Um, we felt like we had enough other stuff that it wasn't necessary. One pork fat was plenty. Yeah. One pork fat was plenty. And that was enough to then call it a, uh, Brazilian rice. Uh, Brazilian beans, because otherwise it would just be black beans. Innovators. <laughs> like, it's just the fact that it's got some bacon in there makes it more Brazilian. And innovative. So that was that. And then the rice, you took care of the rice, surprisingly. I did. Um, I just put some rice in a... <laughs> <laughs> pot with the right amount of water. I forget the ratio of rice to water. Just followed what it told me. I think one cup to one cup. Yeah. And uh, cooked that for a little while. It's, it was the same way you would cook any rice. The only um, deviation was just, and this is all on the stove top. The only deviation was that we added, I think, just chopped garlic to it. Yeah. You did the garlic first, right? I think so. Yes, in that pot. Yeah. Sauteed and I forget. I think it called for a little bit of maybe a tablespoon of olive oil. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was more or less straightforward with the rice. Mm -hmm. There's a little more innovation in the beans. There was, yeah. But together they made a, a dynamite pair. I agree. Um. So that was that. Those were our side dishes, and then um, the other dish that we did was the picanha. Um, what about the coconut milk shrimp? Should we do that one first? Talk about that first? I don't know. I just thought the picanha was the main event. Okay, so the coconut shrimp was also pretty easy. Um, basically, it was just shrimp sautéed in vegetables and simmered in coconut milk for just a few minutes. So how it worked is like you first took the shrimp, took about a pound of shrimp, and tossed it with garlic, salt, pepper, lemon juice. Just kind of let it marinate while you're chopping the veggies. And we did about like 
one red pepper, one green pepper, chopped that up, mm -hmm. um, chopped up one tablespoon of chives, one tablespoon of parsley, one clove of garlic. Um, and yeah, then we heat up a skillet, large skillet over medium heat, cook the onions, oh, and tomatoes too. Um, bell peppers, basically just sauteing the veggies up. Um, once the veggies were done sauteing, we add the shrimp in, um, and then just cook it until it started to get pinkish, not to be fully cooked. Um, and then, uh, you add the, we add the parsley, the chives, and the coconut milk, bring to a boil, reduce to simmer, and cook for five minutes. And that was really it. Yeah, that was easy when we made it. Yeah. I thought it tasted really good too. But yeah, it was really nice. And yeah, just basically sauteed shrimp and veggies, and then you just add the coconut milk and let it all like simmer together. Um, yeah, it was really good. I was just surprised that the color, like I thought there was like a spice in it that would mm -hmm. give it that orange color. So maybe next time we try it with like a, adding turmeric just to yeah. aesthetically appealing. What if, what if too, we just, um, yeah, what if we added tomato sauce to it instead of mm. like chopped tomatoes? That'd do a color. Oh, yeah. And that'd be an interesting. I feel like the coconut milk plus yeah. tomato sauce would be a nice uh, combination. Yeah, maybe that's why it was like red because the tomato, even though I put tomatoes in, but you know what the thing is with the tomatoes? I actually didn't remove the skin and it says in the recipe to remove the skin. Oh. So maybe, <laughs> maybe that would have created a oh red color. We've solved the color mystery. Or, maybe it would have, maybe it wouldn't have. I don't know. Yeah, or it could have, like... Maybe she didn't, you know, the recipe is not the same uh, photo that was yeah. shown. Maybe she found a photo online for this yeah. um, website of hers. I'd be interested to look at other people's recipes. Another thing you could do, too, is, like, saute, you know, the peppers and tomatoes, add the coconut milk, and then um, blend it. Maybe that would Whoa. <laughs> that's like makes me think of like the Indian dish that we did with the yeah Punjabi chana yeah I guess you could add any kind of like maybe like a spicy or hot sauce if you want that color in there too and you were yeah. okay with spicy food yeah maybe yep. chili paste ooh yeah I feel like there's coconut milk since doing this recipe you know, I, I, I've seen, I can think of like a bunch of different possibilities with coconut milk. It's just Ooh. very, um, it is very fatty. Really? Yes. Like one tablespoon was like 50 calories or something. Mmm. Which is very energy dense. Yummy. But it was very good. And it tastes really good, like poured over the rice and the beans. Yeah, that's and so true. That was a nice sauce. That was really good. And so then the main dish was the picanha steak, which we didn't do it like the traditional way because traditional way you take the top sirloin cap, put it on a skewer, fold it, put it on a skewer, mm -hmm. cook it over, I think like flames. Yeah, like open flames grill. are preferred. Yeah, um, but we don't have those skewers. We don't have those industrial strains. It's also the skewers. dead of winter, so we weren't going outside to cook. Yeah, the and it's not necessary. Like the way that we do it, tastes pretty damn similar to... I agree. So basically what you do is reverse sear because it's a bigger roast. So you take the top sirloin cap, first salt yeah, it. Yeah, salt it. And? And then you like cross hatch the fat. That's right, with a knife. So you're like making little cuts in the Yeah, I guess that helps like cap. bring the salt through to the meat. I'm not sure. I think it might let some of the... I mean, you cook it fat side up, right? So I think it lets some of the fat drip down more No, too. you cook it fat side down. 
Oh, fat side down. Yeah. Wonder how it tastes fat side up. I Ooh, think the reason why it's let's down. Let's do a is, taste test. Yeah, I know. Cause yeah, we we've Maybe done. Maybe we're the innovators. Like when we've done like, you know, pork shoulder slow roasted. Mm. We did the we always do the fat up. That's why I thought that. Yeah. Then. Either way, yeah, there's there's some some reason they ask to cross hatch with a yeah. knife on that, make a little grid, a diagonal grid of yep. cuts on the fat side. But how do you just put it in it, uh, you know, you cross hatch it, salt it, put in a cast iron, 250 degree oven for like 30 minutes. Should be mm -hmm. about, if you're looking at the temperature, which we didn't, but like maybe like 105 degrees. Yeah. You know, for medium rare, you want the ending result to be 130. So, you know, you can get that when you sear. So after you take it out of the oven, take the cast iron, take out the cast iron, put the cast iron over the stove over high heat. Mm -hmm. um, and then just pan sear each side about like two, three minutes. Yep, we reversed it, now we sear it. And then we sliced it across the grain, right? Yep. And served it with all our other things we served to our family. And they, uh, I think everyone really liked the steak. My mom thought it was a little too rare. So we had to pan sear her slices so they were nice and cooked through. Yeah. Um, we tend to have the picanha pretty rare. That's how we like it, I guess. Yeah, we eat meat pretty rare. Um, I think it's more flavorful. Yeah, I like rare meat too. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's like a kind of a snobbery thing. It's weird. It's weird too when like almost every time in life when you think of eating meat, you're like, it's going to be cooked. Like we eat cooked meat. But there's not really like, you can get contamination in some of those style things, but it's not like the kind of danger it's it's brought up to be. And then when you think a little longer about some stuff, you're like, wait, like all of the sushi, not every single piece of sushi out there, but pretty much anytime someone's getting sushi, they're having raw fish and they're totally okay with it. And then we think about like rare steaks and it grosses us out and it's like, wait, but like we also have raw steaks too a little bit like yeah beef carpaccio is awesome yeah it seems like more people who are like it's just like kind of it's like a little culturally food embedded. snobby people though typically like rare meat um they like That's they're, they're aware of beef carpaccio they're not just like people are just more familiar with the culinary stuff it's definitely like a like a snobbery thing to be like oh we put like, the snobby I, foodie i eat raw meat or rare meat like i'm like more refined. I mean, I feel that way when I say people. Like really? A little bit. Are you lording over people? <laughs> it's my inner like hipster pretentiousness Whoa. coming out. <laughs> I didn't know that. I mean, it's not something like, I, I try to be aware of that stuff, but like if I'm ever like, if I'm ever talking that way towards someone saying like, oh, like I like it rare. Like I like this fancy thing. Like I think part of, me saying that is it's coming from this place of like look how like like knowledgeable I am culturally aware I am whatever yeah yes what do you think of the picanha I thought it was very good um we kind of cook it frequently that's probably what third time we've, we've yeah cooked that, right yeah and it's funny actually shout like, out to butcher box that was the start of us making the top sirloin cap like actually it was we get butcher box every month, so it's like a monthly Holla. subscription service. We get like a box of grass-fed meat, 
you know, every month you could choose what you want. And accidentally we got the top sterling cap. And I was like, shit, like, what are we going to make with this? And then I realized that that same cut is the same as the pecan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then we... Light bulb went off And I just moment. looked up how do people do it. And then ever Turns since Turns out it's really easy. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, we've gone in it. We, I, we always get it for Butcher Box. I don't know if they have it at, like, King's or um, ShopRite, but I should, I should check it out. I think a lot of places probably have it. You might have to talk to someone. Rather than just find it in a case. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing wrong with talking to people. It seems like sirloin is like a very large part of the animal because like a lot of cuts come from the sirloin. That's one of the primal cuts, the sirloin. Yeah, that's what I like to understand. I think it's kind of like right there. Yeah, I think flank steak is actually part of the sirloin. Like I, when I got the flank steak today, mm. uh, it said like sirloin um, flank steak. Really? Yeah. I thought flank steak was from the flank. I think flank, but flank is in the sirloin. Really? Flank steak, flank, sirloin. Following this, we will be looking at a <laughs> diagrammatic cow. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. No, we don't have to look it up. Okay. It's only fun for you looking it up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty good stuff. We were going to make like a sauce to go with Picanha too, but would have been too much. It took us like, this one took a little bit quicker than the soup dumplings. I think we started cooking at 4.30. It was way quicker and way less intense. We ate at seven, two and a half hours. It always takes a little longer than you think. Like, you know, looking at each of these recipes, how long each one was only like a half an hour to cook, but like all the prepping, all the organization adds up. Well, it's all happening at once too. Yeah. Only so many things you can cook at a time. Um, but yeah, good stuff. Brazil. Brazil. What's our next country? We teased last time. We said it would be Argentina, and guess what? It was not, but it was very close to Argentina. Cl yeah. We didn't have any, like, Brazilian wine for this. I don't know if they're, I assume there's a Brazilian wine. They got 120 million Catholics. They got to have wine or something, right? I guess. Body of blood of Christ. I mean, there's wine in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. I'm sure there's wine in This is, you know, Argentina. It's like, boom, like you think Malbec. Okay, wine. Yeah, I don't know. Brazil, I don't think of wine. I don't either. Yeah, we'll have to think about it, but hopefully we can come up with an episode soon. Um, I feel like we're motivated. Like, I, good thing we're going to my parents' house because that was an excuse to, you know, cook for them and try, you know, do something for Breaking Bad because otherwise we wouldn't have been able to do this for a while because we're busy for the next couple of weekends. We do get busy. Yeah. But that's okay. Like we don't else. need to dwell on it. Just like everyone else. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll be back in a whole new world. We will? Well, like a different country or part uh, of the world. Yes. Yes. Thematically in the episodes. And we'll maybe tease it on our social media. Maybe, I guess, we are unsure, apparently. Yeah. Oh. Or... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, bye-bye. Bye! Moça do corpo dourado, do sol de Ipanema O seu balançado é mais que um poema
É a coisa mais linda que eu já vi passar Ah, por que estou tão sozinho? Ah, por que tudo é tão triste? Beleza que não é só minha, que também passa sozinha. Ah, se ela soubesse que quando ela passa, o mundo sorrindo se enche de graça e fica mais lindo por causa do amor.